Today we're going to close our series on the force of prayer. I've enjoyed every moment of it, and the feedback has been tremendous. We're going to close today in the power of two, the power of two in agreement. And the purpose of this message is to release God's power in His church. Now, what did the New Testament church do that we're not doing? You know, when you want something you never had, you got to do something you've never done. It's not going to sneak up on you. Jesus raised the dead, healed the sick, and cast out demons. Great. And then he said, greater things than these shall you do. Hmm. If he's my example, what's my excuse? The early church laid hands on the sick, and the Bible says they recovered. You know and I know that if pastors in the average church in America called for a healing service next Sunday morning, their church boards would have them committed and put in a straitjacket. They're absolutely convinced that the age of miracles is over, although Jesus made it quite clear He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A man in a very formal and traditional church had a heart attack and died. The church called EMS, and they came. They carried out 13 people before they found the dead man. They all looked dead. The early church had persecution. Peter and John were forbidden to preach in the name of Jesus, but they did, and they were thrown in jail. And instead of holding seminars on political correctness, they prayed for more boldness, which is what got them in trouble in the first place. The early church met demon powers head-on in Philippi and in Ephesus. And if you think the pews of America are also not filled with some demon spirits, I've got beachfront property in the Mojave Desert I'll sell you, because they do. The early church flourished when it was persecuted. When Constantine signed the Edict of Toleration, the church and state merged, and the church became socially acceptable. It stagnated, and it lost its power with God. People in the New Testament were attracted to the church because of its power, not hairstyles. They had riot or they had revival. They were healing the sick. They were casting out demons. They were speaking in tongues. They were praising God. They were being burned alive at the stake or eaten by lions and coliseums, but nobody in church was bored. Hello? Maybe if we threw a few of you in the lion's den, we'd get a little raise on you, huh? get a little bit of excitement. In the book of Acts, political leaders said of the New Testament church, these are they that have turned the world upside down. And that hadn't been said of the church for 2,000 years. I think it's time for us to pray for some holy boldness that will intimidate the enemy and his people, cause them to fear that we are turning the world upside down. And don't be afraid to go to jail for what you believe if it's right. A lot of good people in history have done that before. I certainly hope not, but it could happen in our country again. But it's God's will for the church to have power, supernatural power, healing power, saving power, delivering power, power to pull down the strongholds of the enemy, to break the chains of misery and habit that enslave millions in our country. Listen to Matthew 18, verse 18 through 20. Jesus speaking, Truly I say to you, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Let's begin with this thought this morning. 
that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the kingdom of God is not in word alone, but also in power. Psalm 62, verse 11, power belongs to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then you know that he told his disciples, behold, I give you power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the demonic. Then he gave to his church power to be victorious in every dimension of life. We are not to be thumb-sucking, maylocks drinking victims. We have been given authority. We've been given weapons. We've been given a commission. We can fight back. We don't have to take it. There's reminds me of another old rock song. We're not going to take it. Anyway, there's, there's power. Can't help it, folks. I, it just happens. There's power in God's Word. It says He sent His Word, and He healed them. There's power in His blood. They overcame Satan, the accuser, by the power of the blood of the Lamb, by their proclamation, and they didn't love their lives unto death, Revelation 12. Then Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. Now, if there were no other verse in Scripture, that one word would make the gospel the most powerful message on planet Earth. You know, mention the majestic name of Jesus and demons tremble with terror. Mention the name of Jesus and Satan is bound in chains and fetters. You mention the name of Jesus and principalities and powers retreat in terror. Mention the name of Jesus and angels bow in worship and adoration. There is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved but Jesus. It is a powerful supernatural name. And where's Jesus right now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand is the position of power, of favor, and a double portion. How will He return to earth? With power and great glory. Remember, we're talking about power. The first time Jesus came, He was a baby in Bethlehem's manger. The next time He comes, He comes with power as King of kings and Lord of lords. First time He came, He rode a swayback donkey. The next time he comes, he will thunder through the clouds of heaven, mounted on a white stallion, followed by the armies of God, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. There won't be a Republican or a Democrat in the bunch. It's his kingdom. The first time he came, it was in meekness as a lamb dragged to the slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. The next time he comes, he's seated on the throne of his father David, and he will rule the earth with a rod of iron. And every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now this morning, many of you are struggling for spiritual and emotional survival. You want to know the secret of finding and releasing God's power to attack your problem? Here it is. It begins with two believers coming together in agreement in the authority of Jesus' name to attack a problem. It's called the power of two. The Bible is a book of twos. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. If you're looking for a verse that proves polygamy ain't a good idea, this is it. No man can serve two masters. <laughs> then there are two positions in Scripture. You're either saved or lost. 
You're wheat or tares. You're sheep or goats. You're either headed for heaven or hell. You're walking the narrow way that leads to eternal life or a broad way that leads to destruction. You're living in light or darkness. You're a servant of Christ or you're a servant of Satan and sin. Just two spiritual options. Then there's the sword of the Lord, which is a two-edged sword. That's the Word of God. You know, when a sword swings, it divides. It divides soul and spirit, Scripture says, light from darkness, bone and marrow, fear from faith. When you're going through a great trial, fear will always come and say, you're defeated, you're finished. But faith rises from knowledge of God's Word and says, oh no, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Faith declares nothing is impossible to those who believe. Faith declares if God be for you, who can be against you? Fear will shout at you, you're alone, you're abandoned. But faith shouts back God's Word, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Call on me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things you know not. I can do all things through Christ. I will not be intimidated and I will not quit. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and the victory is mine in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. It is. Fear says you're financially ruined. You'll never recover. You're never going to get ahead. But faith in God's Word shouts back, it is the Lord that gives me power to obtain wealth. He will give me houses I didn't build, wells I didn't dig, vineyards I didn't plant. I will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. My leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do will prosper. You'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. That's the Word of God to every one of you today. If you're a believer, you shout for joy. God is for you. In the hour of sickness, fear comes and says, this is fatal. You'll never be well again. But faith shouts back, I shall live and not die and see the glory of God. By His stripes, I am being healed. And if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means He can do in San Antonio anything He did by the Sea of Galilee or anywhere else on earth. Christ is still the great physician, and He can heal you today in Jesus' name. Now notice, Jesus sent His disciples out two by two, not three by three, not twelve by twelve, two by two. And He gave them power over demons and disease. Jesus gave all of His followers authority over the demonic. That means you. And the society and culture of that day was probably more moral than ours today. You know, the amazing thing is that American seminaries can't even spell demon, let alone cast one out. They think they all live in Africa. Got news for you, they go to church on Sunday too. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one. You know, tell your spouse, two are better than one, honey. God said it's not good for man to be alone. A man needs a help meet. Help meet the house note, help meet the car note, help meet the boat note. There was an ad in a Lonely Hearts magazine that said, man seeks wife about the age of 35. Good health, likes the outdoors, likes fishing, must own her own boat and motor. Do not send your picture, send a picture of your boat and motor. Again, Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Deuteronomy 32.30, one can chase a thousand, 
So if one can chase a thousand, we would conclude naturally two ought to be able to chase two thousands. However, in God's synergism and in God's math, a supernatural factor kicks in, and it says one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. See? Dominion over every problem in your life begins with two believers in agreement in Jesus' name based on God's Word. I'm agreeing with what God's Word says, not what I want or dream up, but I'm in agreement with God's Word. If you have problems in your relationship, in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, with your children, with your business, when you and another believer take the authority of Jesus' name, the power of God's Word and faith, and you declare it and release it, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will do it. Two in agreement are more powerful than two million in discord. Joshua and Caleb whipped the giants that two million people were afraid to fight. Why? Because there were two in agreement. They said, we are well able to overcome these giants. They're bred for us. And the other ten spies said, no, we're grasshoppers. And they retreated back, and God let every one of them die in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb and everybody under 20 years of age who got to go in the Promised Land. I wonder how many of you don't get to go in the Promised Land of God's good blessing for your life just because of unbelief, doubt, fear. You don't believe what God says. Paul and Silas shows the power of two. They sang in jail at the midnight hour. God sent angels down, shook the jail off its foundation. Paul and Silas walked out of that prison with keys in one hand and a convert in the other because they knew the power of two in agreement. There are two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. God says, I will give to my two witnesses power to turn water to blood, to call fire from heaven, plagues that will cover the earth. That's power. That's the power of two in agreement. You go back to the Christmas story. Joseph and Mary presented the world an answer dressed in swaddling clothes. When Herod slaughtered all the babies of Bethlehem trying to get rid of this Messiah, Mary and Joseph didn't attack each other, blame each other. When the Pharisees accused their son of being a demoniac and a, a teacher of heresy, when Rome called him a traitor, they stood together. The power of two parents in agreement crushed the Roman Empire. The power of mother and father producing the spiritual life of their son produced a spiritual truth that crushed an empire. Remember that Satan's first attack was on the husband and wife in the garden to divide them. And the moment they were divided, they were destroyed. God says, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever, because you can never know the power of two if your spouse doesn't know how to pray with you, or your business partner doesn't know how to pray with you. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Consider the supernatural power of two. Why should I? Because you face a supernatural enemy. Ephesians 6:12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Paul paints pictures of spiritual warfare in the heavenlies. 
He says, we don't fight against earthly beings, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness against wickedness in high places. Now, that speaks of Satan and his fallen angels and demonic agents that operate on this earth. Your enemies are supernatural, and they are organized into rank. They have geographical areas of authority, and they are totally committed to your destruction. Now, the devil's a very real person in the Bible. He's a sworn enemy of your future. Jesus said Satan has come to rob, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus calls Satan the father of all lies. Satan divides. He divides husbands and wives, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, race against race, nation against nation. And division brings death and destruction. Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. When death comes to the church, and death comes to the family, and death comes to the nation through division, we're finished. We're done. Now, you know, I, I, I listen to people talk from different cultures, background, economics, and I'm thinking, what does God's Word say to a believer on how to think? Uh, do I listen to somebody in my political party if what they are saying is contradictory to what God tells me in how to behave? I, which is my highest loyalty, to my nationality, to my race, to my gender, or to God's Word? If I am a believer, Hispanic, Asian, black, or white, I don't give a flying rip what a Tea Party member says, what a Democrat says, what a Republican says, what a Greenpeace or anybody else says. If it contradicts God's Word, it's out of bounds, period. And if God says to love my brother and there's no Jew or Gentile, that outlaws racism and bigotry. And a lot of the guys inciting hate and division are not quoting Scripture. They continue, don't you listen to these people, and don't you let some entertainer tell you how to vote. I mean, think about it. You're going to let some idiot tell you how, I'm not going to let any, I'm not going to let a preacher tell me how to think. I'm going to let God's Word tell me how to, we got preachers lined up with political parties, with race, with different issues, not with God's Word. So I'm going to line up with God's Word, and I'm saying that means you're dangerous to people because you don't, you don't fit in. You don't, you're not cloned. You won't take their label. You won't say, well, because I'm this, I must vote this way, or I must act this way, I must believe this way. I won't do that. God's Word's going to dictate what I do, where I go, how I receive people, how I treat people. It's not going to be based on anything the government does or the politics does. And yet people just walk blindly in there, well, I'm this, well, I'm that. And I'm thinking, well, who's doing your thinking for you? Newt Gingrich ain't going to do my thinking for me. You know, Hillary's not going to do my thinking for me. Neither is Donald Trump. I wish some of them had a thought. Both of them shoot themselves in the foot. They blame, 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 blame. No, dude, you shot yourself in the foot. No, ma'am, you shot yourself in the foot. You made choices. Choices have consequences. Suck it up. Quit blaming anybody else. No. That's as much as I can say. All right. ABC News said 600,000 children in America are receiving prescription medication for clinical depression. Why? Because over 50% of the children in America don't live with their biological father. There's no coming of father and mother together to pray for their children. That's sad. 
You know, the answer for our nation is for parents to come together in the supernatural power of two. Mom and dad praying together in agreement is unstoppable. Mom and a prayer partner, if you don't have a husband or a believing husband, praying together, waging war for the soul and mind of your children and grandchildren. Listen, Satan will destroy your children and grandchildren because he wants to destroy a nation. But you parents and grandparents have a secret weapon. You have authority and power to bind him over the life of your children. Use it to kick him out of your life and out of your family in Jesus' name. Now, you have to actually do it. When I was in—so long ago—when I was in pilot training, they have what is called ground school, and that went on—that's hours and hours and hours of textbook and exams. Then you have to go to the Federal Aviation Administration building and take an eight-hour exam on a clock. That's part of your requirement to fly an airplane. Then you have to actually get in an airplane, and you have to pass with an instructor. Now, what was funny was, I, I, I wanted to fly since I was four years old. I took that, I took the ground school, and instead of it taking a couple of months, I was done in 30 days, took my exam early, aced it, made A. It wasn't even hard. I knew everything you could know about an airplane, about winds aloft, about tracking, landing, setup, descent. I knew it all. However, I'd never been in the cockpit of an airplane. Which led me to an unusual discovery that when they took me out and put me in the airplane, I couldn't get it on a runway. I couldn't figure, what in the world? This is harder than it looks. See, just because you know something here in church doesn't mean you can do it. You got to practice this thing. And it took me about six hours of flight training before I could put that little baby down on that little piece of asphalt and just made it really, really easy. So you have to practice. You, ha you can't just hear this and demons run away. You've got to deal with this in your own family, over your children, and together as husband and wife. And it's awkward when you first do it, like flying. It's a bit awkward, but it gets easier as you do it. You get more confident as you do it, and pretty soon it's just second nature to do it. But if you don't start doing it, it won't happen just because you can memorize something and quote it to me. Well, the Lord supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. Yeah, and you're broker in the Ten Commandments. It didn't do you any good. You don't know how to give. You don't know how to honor the Lord with your tithe. I mean, you just break every rule in the book. You, you don't have any friends. You're alone. You stay clinically depressed. You stay counseling the whole life on earth. You're in counseling. God, help us. Give me a break. I'd rather shoot myself. I'm not going to live that way. And you don't have to live that way. God did not leave us on this earth to be a victim of Satan or any other circumstance. Not at all. I am equipped to have victory, and so are you. But most don't. They just show up in church and want all their problems to go away by somebody else. And I'm telling you, in many cases, that's not going to happen. You have to participate in your own recovery, and God's given you everything you need to do so. Scripture shows us that demonic spirits have personality. If you went to any university and took a basic course in psychology, they will tell you that anything that has a will, intellect, and emotion is a person. So in the Bible, demons have names. Luke 8, verse 30, Jesus said to the, de the demons and a demoniac of Gadara, what's your name? And the demons spoke through the man and said, our name is Legion, for we are many. Second, they have a will. Acts 30. Acts 8, verse 32, Luke 8, verse 32, the demons asked Jesus for permission to go into a herd of pigs. See, they have a will. Jesus granted them permission. They entered the pigs and then sent them over a cliff to destroy them. 
Demons have intellect. In Mark 1, verse 24, the demon said to Jesus, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? We know who you are, the Holy One of Israel. That was a demon speaking out of a man. The demons knew who Jesus was, but the religious community didn't have a clue. The demons always know who He is and knew who He was. And in Luke 8 and Mark 1, it shows they have the ability to speak. They're totally committed to your destruction. They cast the pigs into the sea to destroy them. And then Judas, after Satan entered him, went and hanged himself. He wants to destroy you. It is Satan's intent to entice you with pleasure through sin for a season. If anybody says sin doesn't have pleasure, you need an examination. There would be no attraction to sin if it didn't have some pleasure. The problem with it is for a season. It never lasts, and the consequences can be catastrophic. So, He entices you with pleasure, and once He's enticed you, He drags you into a sea of darkness and despondency and drowns you, destroys you. Then you get to see who He really is, but that's His purpose, steal, kill, and destroy. Now again, it takes two in agreement in Jesus' name to take authority over the prince of darkness. Jesus sent His disciples out how? Two by two. Authority to bind and loose begins with the power of two. In Luke 11, verse 21, when a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are at peace. But when a stronger than he shall come in upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all of his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Jesus is saying there's a strong man whose name is Satan, whose objective is to attack you, to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll destroy your marriage, your health, your finances, your peace, your children, everything you hold dear and love. The answer, you and another believer are to bind him. Matthew 12, verse 29, how can you enter into a strong man's house and take his goods unless you first bind that strong man, then take his goods? So assume this stage is your house, and seated up here with me is a huge demonic force. And this demonic force has come into your home to harass your marriage, attack your health or finances or your children. And God's given to you all these blessings you want to enjoy. But when you try to access them, this supernatural being gets up, starts wrestling you, resisting you, shoving you all over the house. But the moment you and another believer come together and say, in the authority of Jesus' name, we bind you. We command this work to stop. And you start wrapping him in that chair with cords of steel and fetters of iron. He becomes helpless while you're allowed to enjoy the treasures God has given you, and he can't stop you. You know, without the blood of the cross, there's a strong man that controls every person on this earth. What's the name of the strong man that's destroying your life? Stop walking in circles and wringing your hands. God's given you power, use it. You have authority, use it. You have dominion, use it. You've been given the power of authority in the name of Jesus. So stop sucking your thumb, wringing your hands, crying all over the place. You got a nuclear dirty bomb in your hands. Prayer of agreement. Fire that thing. Are you being attacked in your finances? Are you being attacked in your business? Then get yourself a prayer partner a believing believer. There is a difference. 
your spouse preferably, if they're a believer. If you don't have a believing spouse or you don't have a spouse, find a believer that is believing, and you both come into agreement based on God's Word, based on the authority of Jesus' name, and based on the blood of Jesus. You say, Satan, I'm speaking to you in the authority of Jesus' name. I'm speaking to the demonic spirits that obey you and that have been assigned to me or my family or my business. I bind you and every demonic force assigned over me in the mighty name of Jesus. I confess the Word of God that says, my God will supply all my need according to His riches in glory. It is the Lord God who gives me power to get wealth. It is the Lord God that gives me my success. My promotion comes from the Lord, not from the north, not from the south. I shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. My leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do shall prosper. Then you thank God. Then you thank God. Are you being attacked in your health? Well, you get another believer that you can agree with. You take their hand together and say, Satan, we speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ and say that every principality and power and spirit of infirmity that is assigned against me is bound from operating in Jesus' name. I confess that by Jesus' stripes I am being healed, that I shall live and not die. I command this infirmity, this disease, and you name it, I command it to leave my body. I curse you in Jesus' name. I am begotten of God, and the wicked one touches me not. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I command—why does God say, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you? He didn't say, sit in church. You got to do something. That's why in a minute I'm going to lead you in some confessions. You've got to participate. You have to do this. I can't show up every time you've got to fight. i got to fight my own fights. And I do. I live this way. My wife and I live this way all the time. By His stripes I am healed. I shall live and not die. Jesus Christ is still the great physician, and I receive my health and healing in Jesus' name. You make that, and then you just start praising God for it. And you do it, and how long do I do it? Tell you well. How's that for an answer? You got emotions that are destroying your life, anger, fear, depression, resentment, bitterness over the past, jealousy, guilt, shame, depression. Satan wants to control your mind. If he can control your thinking, he controls your life. As a man thinks, so is he. And once he controls your mind, you're finished. So you take the hand of another believer and say, Satan, I speak to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and in the authority of God's Word right now, I bind you in Jesus' name. I declare you will spend eternity in the pit of hell forever, and I bind every evil spirit from my life. Spirit of fear, leave. Spirit of depression, you go now. Spirit of bitterness and resentment, I command you to leave me. Spirit of jealousy and envy, go. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I am free, for Christ has set me free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And you say it again, see? How much power can two people have? The power of life and death. So stop whining and attack, attack, attack in Jesus' name. Well, we don't do that in my church. Well, you do in Jesus' church. Which one are you going to be? Well, I'm Episcopal. I thought you was a Christian. I hear this all the time. Stupid thinking. That's why I never wanted to be a Christian. It wasn't Jesus. It was Christians. I thought, i got to give up my brain to join that group. They don't think. They don't have a thought. Crazy thinking. 
Well, what's, I read, I, I, see, I'm taught the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. It's God-breathed. It is without error. It is life and health to those that find it, and on and on and on about God's Word. It's great. And then every group will leave out parts of it. Well, we don't do that. Well, we don't do that. Well, we don't do that. And I, well, you know, we're pressed, but we don't lift up our hands. Well, Scripture says lift up your hands in the sanctuary. It says, uh, clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice. I said, that's in the Bible. Well, how come you don't do that? Well, we're, we're Presbyterian. Well, we're Episcopal. Well, Jesus said, shut up and do it. He said, I don't care what label you call. I'm Chevrolet or Kia or whatever you are. He says, my word says do it. But you weren't taught that, see? We're bought and paid for by religious groups just like politics are. Instead of saying, if Jesus said that that is mine, it's mine, period. I don't know where that puts me. I'm fine. I'm fine. If it agrees with God's Word, I'm fine. I don't care who it embarrasses or who it offends. Power belongs to two in agreement. Agreement means harmony, symphony. There's no such thing as being almost in harmony. That's like being almost in tune or almost pregnant. How can you be almost? You either are or you're not. Psalms 133, 1 through 3, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity, for their God will command blessing. You know, discord, disunity is like dragging your fingernails down a blackboard. Yeah! Drive you nuts, send chills up your back. God says, if you'll get into agreement, into unity, I'll command blessing. I'll make blessing show up. If you get in harmony, in agreement, I'll make a personal appearance just for two, and I'll command whatever you need to fall upon you. You don't need 5,000 to agree. God says, I'll show up for two. It's not how many, it's the unity that makes the difference. So stop asking, when is God going to do something? God says, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. You hear? The, the, the responsibility is yours, whatever you do. Just get into agreement with another believer. Quit waiting for God to take action. You take action. And when you take action in prayer, the victory stuff's going to start breaking. There's stuff's going to start being going to lift. Things are going to get better. Things may slow down, but you stay on it. And if you're praying for it and it's getting worse, stay on it harder. You're, that, that's a good sign. The enemy's trying to intimidate you to back you off. Press in harder. Press in harder. Your breakthrough is close. Stay on it. God will shake the gates of hell off at the hinge. So, I'm done. Whatever, what area of your life is right now under attack? Marriage, business, finance, health, children. You get, if you're with your uh, believing mate or a friend, if you happen to be, if not, then you, I'm in agreement with you. You agree together, and we're going to have a little binding and loosing service right now. You're not going to go out of Summit like you came in. You're going out today anointed with supernatural power to have God's best. How many of you need a miracle in your finances? Just stand up. Just stand up. Nobody, it could be any number of ways or things. Just stand up. And I'm going to get us all to pray together, and I want you to pray out loud with me. Say, Lord Jesus, in the authority of Your name, I come against the Prince of Darkness and every demonic spirit under His authority that has been assigned against me. I bind them 
in the power of Jesus' name, with the power of God's Word, and through the power of the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, your Word declares you will supply all my need according to your riches in glory, that if I give, I shall receive. I will be the head, not the tail. God will open the windows of heaven and bless me with blessings I cannot contain, because Jesus Christ is Lord, His Word is eternally true, and Satan is bound in Jesus' name. I receive your favor, your prosperity in Jesus' name. Now just say thank you to Him. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. <coughs> we give you praise. Okay, you can be seated. How many of you are having a problem in your health? Any area of physical infirmity or health, you stand up if you're able. Go ahead. You can stand up more than once. You can stand up all day with me. <laughs> say with me, Lord Jesus, in the authority of your name, with the power of your word and the blood of the Lamb, I bind the powers of Satan that have been assigned against me. In the authority of Jesus' name, I thank you that by your stripes, I am being healed. I shall live and not die. Jesus is my great physician. I am begotten of God, and the wicked one touches me not. I command every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of affliction, every spirit of disease, I command you to leave my body. Now, in the authority of Jesus' name, you have no place in me. I curse you in Jesus' name, and I give you praise, O Lord God, for that answer. Now, just say thank you to him again. Always thank the Lord. Always thank the Lord. Good. You're doing good. Okay, you can be seated. How many of you have some problem or need in your emotional life in any way? If that's you, stand up. We're going to make a confession again. Say with me, Lord Jesus, in the authority of your name, by the power of your word, through the blood of the Lamb, I now declare freedom over the spirit of anger, over fear and depression, over resentment and bitterness. I bind the strong man in the name of Jesus and set me free through Jesus' name. Let the spirit of peace rule in my life over my mind, over my home, over my marriage. In the name of Jesus, thank you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I am free, for Jesus has made me free. Satan, you're a liar, and you are bound. All torment will stop in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. I have the mind of Christ. You're not the author of confusion or disorder, but of peace of shalom in Jesus' name. Now thank you. Now thank you, Lord. We bless you and praise you. One more. Maybe you have a need I did not address. If that's you, stand up. I'm just going to pray a general prayer, and we'll all pray it together. Say, Lord Jesus, in the authority of your name, by the power of Jesus' blood, by the power of God's Word, I bind the strong man 
that is right now attacking me. And you declare right now with their heads bowed, right now under your breath you say what area that is. You're binding the strong man attacking you in this area, you just say under your breath what that area is. And now in the name of Jesus, by the power of His blood, by the power of God's Word, I bind that strong man, both now and forever. I shall be free and not tormented another day. Because Jesus has set me free, I shall be free indeed. I'm going home different, and I'm going home different forever. In Jesus' name, I praise you, O God, forever and ever. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now bless his name, and bless his name. Everybody stand up. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media.